Hi, Corkies. Hi, Corky. We're back. <sighs> Reunited in his ears. I feel like it's getting longer and longer. <laughs> What's getting longer? <laughs> like us having these talks. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. We have talks, but like talk to the Corkies. Yeah, talk um, to the Corkies. Talk to the Corkies. We might need to make that a thing. Talk to the Corkies. Yes, we should. <laughs> Yeah, so we are in the month of February, still in this longest year ever of 2022. <laughs> Does it feel long to you? Um, no, it feels really <laughs> fast to me, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just been long for you. Yeah, I think because I'm just so excited about like some of the events in my life to come. Yeah. So it's just like, like. The first one in January has come and gone. And like, so I was like living for January. Yeah. And then now I'm like, come on, March. And I'm sure I'm going to be like, come on, April. Right. So, but we can't do that, right? Because like we don't live in the moment we do that. I know. And we're only excited for what's to come, but not what's today. What is your I'm plan for today? today? I'm not excited about today. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I thought we had like a movie marathon going on today. Oh, you do? No, you. We're going to catch up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, I got to go Chuck E. Cheese. And, oh. Yeah. <laughs> for a birthday yeah. party or something? Yeah, I got to take my son to Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party. Oh. Hmm. But it's cool. I've been there recently, and they don't ask me why I was there. I forgot why I was even there. But they have cards. So there's no more coins. You probably know that already. <laughs> old school i like coins i, I don't know. like watching arcades and they have these like cards and last time i went to chuck e cheese with a lot like well not the last time but the first time i went and they had got rid of chucky like there's a new chucky he's like on a weight loss plan he looks he's like more <laughs> like I'm not Chucky. What is his name? Yeah, Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. And like, he's all slim. His band is gone. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Is, what is this? So, mm -hmm. I, I think I just, as much as I like, we need to change and we need to grow. There's some things I want to stay the same. Yeah. And I'll say like, for example, okay, Chuck E. Cheese, I was raised on like the coins. I had like every birthday there, like growing up until like age mm -hmm. nine or something. And so, but with Dave and Buster's, we were kind of raised on the card concept. I don't think we ever had coins there. So I don't think that's why maybe the card is not like, um, it doesn't seem weird. But with yeah. Chucky, like I'm so nostalgic with of those like little coins that have like the, the, the mouse on them. Yeah. You know, the golden ones where you put it into the machine. Yeah. And then you would get your like tickets. You got to go. Yes. Like. Where's the tickets? Where's the coins? Like, and today's kids will never know, like, what it's like to put a coin in a game machine and have your bucket and walk around with all your tickets and like some fall I out. Know. I mean, yes, <laughs> and then you know the fun of like going behind the little Joker that lost his tickets and you grab him, snatch him up, like yeah, or the ones that are in the machine. Car, that's it. Like. Yeah. Everything lost with that one car. Yeah, but the ones that used to be in the machine, people left them on accident behind, and you would go behind them and you would grab the ticket out. 
Oh my God. See stuff like that. I love, I love, love. like, I don't know. I might've shared this on a previous podcast, but one of the things I used to absolutely love doing as a kid, my father was in the Navy and he would fly in and out a lot, or, you know, we had family in other States. So, you know, they would come fly and see us. And I would love to go to the airport when we go pick up people or drop them off <laughs> and go to all the pay phones, right? Pay phones. Uh-huh. Go and check for change. And I would leave the airport with like pockets full of change because people would be like busy running off, I guess, and would not take their change. Oh. And like a highlight of my airport experience, checking for change. Oh my God. There's no, there's no patrons. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, have fun regardless. I'm sure it'll yeah. be good with, because I yeah. like to see like when you go with a child though, like you get to see it through their eyes and it's like, so super exciting. I'm I'm prepared. I have my jeans. I have my sneakers on. I'm dressed comfortably because I know I'm going to be running around. I'm going to get my, I'm going to put, make sure I have my watch on. I'm going to get my steps in. Like it's got to be a workout, but you know, I will say one thing that they still have that I'm excited about is the pizza. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They had good pizza. The pizza pizza is still there and it's still good. 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 Like, okay. Last time I went to um, Dave and Buster's, I was upset because they didn't have any prizes. And they blamed it on the pandemic. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So you said the word, so the P word. So yesterday um, I went to a grocery store. I will not say the name of the grocery store. But I was like, I thought we were almost done with the pandemic uh-huh. this looks like we are in the heat of the- there was like shelves that had only like one box of cereal or one like it was like y'all didn't miss one shipment this is several shipments of food that have not come here like it was bare in there and really? i was like what in the world? It was really, and I think that was the first time in a long time where I kind of was anxious a little bit hmm. about like how things are, the pandemic, society, kind of where we're at, like looking at the shelves so bare. And I hadn't been in a grocery store like that, like really walking around in a minute because I do the grocery um, delivery. Oh, that's right. And I kind of knew it was bad in the stores because, you know, when I do grocery deliveries, they're always asking me to substitute stuff or my shoppers are always saying they don't have nothing. And in my mind, I'm like, y'all just don't look. <laughs> But there really, truly is nothing in the store, uh, depending on, I guess, you know, what area or whatever um, they're going to or what particular store. So I was just like, oh, we really need to be more mindful and conscious of, like, how much we are consuming, right? You know, do I really need to buy 10 of something when, you know, someone else might need one or, you know, two, you know, like the whole mm-hmm toilet paper thing that we went through a couple years ago yeah very true my goodness well we can have a whole episode on the p word and (laughs) the (laughs) of just everything that it's done um and we're still in it right we had an episode on this i think last year kind of early on and the fact that we're still in it maybe we should make that a whole 
Yeah, because it's, I mean, we're hitting, definitely probably need to have at least one in March because I think for every, I, I shouldn't say for everyone, but for whatever reason, like March is like the thing, like that was the start of it. Yeah, like, it was. March, March is the start of this pandemic. Uh, and so Two years. It, it's going to be here in a couple weeks. So, yeah. yeah. So February yeah. is also, drum roll, <laughs> Black History Month. Black History Month. Yes. So I love Black History Month. Um, every year I get to, I learn something new, like literally, and things I just had no idea of, like whether it be on social media or watching like a documentary or something that came out. Like I love to like learn more about Black history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just love like it. For me, it's like, I mean, I think I'm a pretty proud person walking around anyways, but you just stand up a little bit taller, your head a little bit higher during this month. Like, mm -hmm. tell me something. You can't tell me. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's my month, <laughs> like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just super, super, so super cool. Like we get an entire month and, you know, some people complain, well, it's the shortest month. It's a month, right? Like that's kind of, you know, I try to glass half full kind of girl yeah, um it's only like, like it's, it's two days shorter than most months yeah it's like let's you're reaching yeah. um <laughs> but you don't I mean what other culture what other nationality like who else has a whole month mm -hmm. um to really celebrate and it years companies are getting on board like they are backing it they are making it a thing like um, I've just seen so much marketing for it in, you know, commercials and when you right. go into stores and just even in schools, like, I'm like, okay, y'all getting with the program. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm loving it. Um, the, yes, we probably should be doing more, you know, throughout the year, but I think you got to start somewhere. I agree. Let's talk about why it's important to us and maybe even a piece of story of like a Black History Month in the past or it's like an event that happened that like impacted you. Um, I don't know if I've ever shared this on here before, but for me, um, I would struggle on how to explain it. So the way I grew up, my mom, my, me being black wasn't really a thing. It wasn't really addressed. It wasn't really talked about because of how my mom grew up. Mm -hmm. She grew up in a town that was extremely small. Um, and it was very, it wasn't diverse, but there was a lot of Hispanic and black people there. So, and white. So she, they all got, you know, pretty much got along or whatever. And so, um, I, I knew race was a thing i knew uh like i knew about slavery i knew that there were racist people but i had never personally experienced it mm -hmm. so i was very jaded i guess like just naive i would i would say straight up naive literally until my late 20s about like racism and really? it wasn't until i took a job at um the prison or a prison that I actually truly experienced it firsthand. And that's when, I mean, I always really loved 
learning and reading about like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and like love those type of movies and you know just those type of people but when I started working at the prison and started experiencing people treating me a certain way literally just because of the color of my skin and um, not even acknowledging my presence like I would literally say something to me and they would not even acknowledge that I was there and to be like um, questioned. I remember one time I ended up in the warden, which is like the top person's um, top person's uh, office. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I looked around and I was the only person of color. Um, and the only other woman was a Caucasian woman, older woman. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, oh wow and and this particular prison was in the <laughs> country is part <laughs> of 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 a, a old town and i'm like okay i think it's time for me to leave because this is not safe right. um it, it had became a safety issue at that point um and so from that experience i remember me and one of my other um uh black or uh, co-workers we really just started diving in because we wanted to really have uh, we didn't want to feel like we were defeated we wanted to feel like we had an appreciation for who we were right. and like so we spent a lot of our downtime there um reading and looking up different people um I think I still have it on my file like in my file somewhere we had like started a timeline of like different important figures in history and like we would read and like okay I'm reading this book or I'm learning this and we would come back and spend lunchtime and even started like trying to educate some of our um our co-workers our other counseling co-workers but from there it just really really sparked and so like me and her had this thing like every um black history month we would do certain things together as friends and then like on his birthday she's like okay are you gonna watch this movie let's watch this movie and let's talk or whatever let's read this book and so from there that really sparked it but it really was like yeah i know i'm black okay whatever like i was just like la la land kind of thing or like um, I think I was even like kind of borderline one of those people like if someone told me something happened to them I would be like well what did you do like you know those kind of people like yeah. well what did you do or what were you like were you were probably doing something you didn't have like That's instead of really truly it being like that person was innocent they did nothing it was literally just because of who they were and that's hard to admit that you, what you just said there like that's yeah I, I really think I probably was that person mm -hmm. yeah Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But I was like, oh, because you know, I was I was and I'm like, I'm Heather. Who doesn't like her? Right. <laughs> I'm like, wait, y'all really don't like me? <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Cause I like at first I was like, I cause I generally have an attitude of like, oh, well, I'm gonna make you like me. And I could not make these people like me. Wow. Like no matter what, some, some yes, yeah, some came around, but it was like the but the older ones, it was the younger ones that came around. Like okay, she's harmless. Them older ones that it was deep and rooted in them to hate. Dang, that's they, scary that that's in a prison. You know, with people of color in there as well. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they yeah, and I, I always tell people I felt very safe 
working more safe than I ever did working in the community, going in and out of people's homes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I did in the prison. Um, but I was more afraid of the officers than I were the actual um, prisoners or inmates. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my that's my story of like how I came to like, okay, really get into appreciating my blackness, being aware of my blackness, and then like what just leads me to just continue to, and then, you know, not to mention all the stuff that has happened since then, right? I started working at the prison in 2015, and since then, with social media blowing up and our ability to post stuff so quickly and videotape, Mm -hmm. um, the world has changed dramatically since then with, you know, um, all the... um, you know, killings and stuff of unarmed men or, you know, and so, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. What about you? So I think two stories come to mind. Like one is a personal story. Then one is about someone else that I know. Um, But I think I learned about racism pretty early on Mm -hmm. only because, I mean, um, I went to like a private school growing up. um, Mm -hmm. So K to six was like a private school for me. And I was the only, well, I did private school K to 12, but K to six was a school. And I was like the only black kid there um, besides um, the guy that cleaned like the school, his daughter went there too. So we were the only two black kids there. And that mm-hmm. happened, that was until like, from when I can remember, like when I was in like fifth grade, I, I think maybe like one other black kid came, he was in my class, like literally like, so growing up, like I was around white kids a lot. and really like like I don't remember any like Asian kids or Hispanic kids really just black or white and then I was the only black kid and so in kindergarten so I went to the school I remember coming home one day so mad I was like I don't want to go back this is very vivid because like these white girls are playing and they were saying like I couldn't play with them right and I was like why like I want to play with you we're on the playground and they're like well we're playing I think it was like Dalmatians or something like they were playing like they were dogs and they're like, huh? well, you can't play with us because you're not, you're black and the dogs are white that we're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was five, like, that was my first time, like having to like be faced with racism. Like, I'm like, what do you, like, I just kind of didn't understand. So, like, mm-hmm. it was baffling to me. And uh, so the teacher was told and everything by my mom when I went home because I was like, this is what happened today at school. It's like a big deal to me. And I'm like, I don't want to go back there. It's like maybe my first semester or like the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to go back. So I used to go to like a I was at an all black preschool pretty much. Ah. And so I I was fine with kids who didn't look like me, but they weren't fine with me. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first experience. Like so pretty early on I kind of realized racism and like I wasn't the same, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of a theme from like K to 12 in different ways, not so outright, but like, you know how that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. People, you know, even now in my work, like they'll say like, I'll talk on the phone, make an appointment. And then that's me in person. I can tell they're like shocked that I'm black. Cause I don't think they realize that I'm black, which is like- I get that. Oh, me. well, you know, I get that. <laughs> But you can see some people's faces, like, not that they don't want to talk to you because you're Black, but it's, like, almost like a surprise. (laughs) Yeah. I get, oh, yeah. Especially for interviews. When I show up for an interview, they're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep, Heather. I'm the Heather you were talking to. Yep. And and so like that's kind of like my theme, like uh subliminal stuff. I haven't had too much outright. It's just been different things like that. Um, but just growing up, you know, with black history, my family, my grandparents are from Alabama, my family history is in Alabama. So of course their parents are raised there. We know what happens in Alabama and other areas of the South. So people think, you know, black history is like so new or whatever, or like Jim Crow was like hundred years ago and it's not like my dad grew up in Jim Crow. He's like 64, 65. My granddad was, um, he's almost 90 and he was born in the 30s, right? So he tells me all these stories. He's got stories for days of racism just through life, right? But there's one that really gets me is that one day he had to actually, you know, beg for his life mm -hmm. um, because he, someone said or someone saw or something, he was trying to talk to a white girl and I forgot how the whole thing but long story short this like guy held, like, held a gun to him like I don't know in the woods somewhere and him and his friend were there I think together just walking and they kind of confronted him like oh I heard this and that about you and basically made him like beg for his life so he can go get like go be free and not get shot and oh, so wow. they you know called him like you know words like boy and stuff like that I don't know this is like the 40s mm -hmm. and this and that and um he had to basically be like guest star, like, you know, be very polite, couldn't be rude, couldn't talk back, any of that stuff. Because guess what? You may end up like in a whole other situation. So just hearing stuff like that, it, like makes me appreciate Black history so much and like my family and like what people have been through before us. And like people don't really mm -hmm. realize like the impact that it still carries for generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. Um... I hate that at some point, some of that might go away, those stories, right? right? And so, you know, because at some point, the people that did live through that era are not going to be with us anymore. And exactly. I think it's important for us to still know, right? Have those stories yep. um, documented or, you know, know about those things. Um, because like, um, I know in the media now, like a lot of, like even parents, and, and, and different, you know, people are fighting against those stories being told in schools, right? It wasn't even a thing. Like, I don't think no one, and especially in my, I don't think nobody was caring about that stuff being taught in my generation. You know, that was just part of the protocol. No one thought it was against anyone's rights or, you know, whatever. You just knew you was going to get taught this certain things. And now it's just like, if, you know, it's against it and you know you're doing whatever I don't know I don't even know how to explain it because I don't really understand it myself right. um, <laughs> but it just seems like it's just such an ordeal and it's so unfortunate because um it, it's it's who we are as a country right and so if we're going to teach one thing I think we need to make sure that we are consistent in teaching it all my I personal soapbox <laughs> I agree. And we always record him. So we'll record my mom and me do for sure. Like we'll record him telling stories. And so I have so many like videos just so that you don't forget it. Right. Cause that's yeah. so important. Like oral history is a huge part of black history. Cause at one, at one point, like we couldn't, things weren't, pictures weren't taken necessarily. Like things weren't necessarily always written down. And so yeah. that's a really big thing. And even looking at his birth certificate that I found a few weeks ago and my my mom had it in the garage, it's mm -hmm. handwritten, right? And 
And so that's crazy. It's like handwritten. Like it says like, I don't know, mother, father, child's name. Then it says, mm-hmm. was this baby born alive or dead? Like it's literally like just handwritten and check marks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what they had in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And so even seeing my mom's certificate that she was born in the, almost the 70s. When I look mm-hmm. at her parents on there, it says mom, dad. Then it says race and it says Negro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's just like yeah. people are oh, that was so long ago. Like, who would say the word Negro now? That's not really appropriate, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. that was only 50 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That's really it's interesting. Really yeah, it is very interesting. Um, and even with the kiddos, they they struggle with all this kind of stuff, right? Um, like I know <laughs> with my niece who is mixed, right? Um, and this used to be a huge thing. It's not a huge thing anymore, but like the one drop rule, right? And so mm. if you have any black in you, you're black, right? Yeah. And so she's, she's like very literal, right? And so she doesn't understand when people say, oh, that person is black. Right. For anyone, because she doesn't see no black people, right? right. She's like, no, that person's brown. <laughs> no, my TT's brown. Uh-huh. And my mommy, she'll literally, and she won't call her mom white. She calls her mom cream or whatever <laughs> she calls her mom or tan. And so I'm like, we're probably doing more of a disservice, right? Of teaching and going along with this stuff, right? Um, and, you know, trying, I don't know if it's trying to make things easier to say in black and white or whatever, but um, yeah. So I just, I just think it's cute and funny that, you know, kids, Kids are the most innocent, yes. right? They, they're like, well, I ain't got time for all that. Like, I'm just me. Like, yep. Yeah, I think in her own like unique way, that's what she's she's saying to people. Like, I'm just no, leave me alone. I'm me. I my teeth could... brown. My mommy's cream. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could keep that. You know, that innocence sometimes like a little bit longer. Like, but unfortunately, it's like kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think your um? Well, you mentioned earlier that you learned some new stuff. So what did you learn this 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 go around this year? So I did learn. So when they found um, Emmett Till's body in the water, um, I think it was Alabama, right? Or some Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, don't, don't get me lying. <laughs> I, don't, I can't pinpoint which where it was. But I didn't know. I guess this could have been like assumed because of the time period. But they found lots of other bodies at the same time. Oh, yeah. One of my kids told me that. Yeah, and I didn't know that, you know, because I went to the Emmett Till Museum and everything. I think it's in, like, mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, that I went, it was really cool, interactive, like, whole thing. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know, like, that they found other bodies. And that's just so, like, so troubling that that was, like, the norm. Yeah. And that's so sad that, I mean, granted, he his story is very significant, but that that means that all these other bodies and people they're people too and their lives were just as significant and mm-hmm. so what about them what about their legacy what about their family and friends and stuff like that that they left behind exactly so i learned that and um have you learned anything new this black history month um not really that i can like recall off the top of my head i learned that but <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did learn that 
um, from the kiddos. And I think that you, mean you had mentioned, you had mentioned that to me during a side conversation. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I'm one of the kiddos. Um, no, I think if I learned anything, it's more, uh, let me see how I want to work this. I think if I learned anything this, this, this month, this year is more about people. Mm-hmm what they're capable of, how willing they're far to they they're how willing they are to go, like how far they're willing to go for their purpose, like to prove their point. Mm-hmm. Um how they're willing to hurt others to prove their point mm-hmm. or to get their way, uh, which is unfortunate. And so um for it to be the month of love, mm-hmm. um it kind of saddens me a little bit that, you know, this, my thing is like, have your opinion, just go over there and sit, like, mind your business, yeah. let us be great. Seriously. <laughs> okay, just like, it's okay, just, you know, sit over there, don't, it's okay, no one's bothering you, yeah. like, and so that, that's the only thing I've learned, like, oh, people really can't mind their business, like, you know, like, one of those, it's like, you know, but then you got to be reminded sometime. Like, like you forget, and then it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the month is not over, so I do want to, you know, kind of do a little bit more of the stuff that I used to do, um, and go a little harder for the rest of the month as far as like, okay, what can I learn, mm-hmm. you know, um, for the remainder of the month. So why do we keep celebrating this? Why is it important to celebrate Black History Month every month or every year? I'm sorry. Um, I think it's important so that the stories are continued. They're told um, that these people's legacy, our legacy is continued. Um, I think there's something about it that for some or for most gives us like inspiration and drives us gives us a sense of like accomplishment and pride right and that's something that we definitely need to kind of fuel us Mm -hmm. um because it's a lot that can discourage us um and kind of keep us down Mm -hmm. right in just general and so if we know we came and we're a part of this great legacy of people um and if they did it with far less than what we have at our disposal then definitely we can be um, just as great or greater than them, yeah. right? If that's if that's what our foundation is, I think it's also important for us to continue to learn and celebrate these people, um, so that the people who are not educated about them become educated, right? Um, the more you talk about something, the more um, it kind of stays in rotation, right? Um, and less of that telephone game happens, right? And so the truth about who these people are or were um, stays current, right? And they don't get morphed into being something that they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's important that they they stay relevant, right? We don't want these people to become more grandiose than they actually were either, right? Because we want the humanistic part of them to stay the same, right? Because we want them to be attainable, right? If we make um, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. be this, you know, too grand of a person, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, 
you know, I, he's untouchable, right? right. Um, but I think that like with um, Barack Obama, I think that's what was so appealing to him to so many people, right? He came from a broken home. He was, you know, he had not a squeaky queen background, right? And they like try to use that against him, but that's what actually made him even more appealing, especially to us, right? Um, and so... I think that's very important that we know, you know, kind of the good, bad, and ugly about all these people, but then also just how they overcame all that good, bad, and the ugly, and all the things that they had to uh, overcome as well. So, sure. um, tell the stories, get the stories right, you know, um, and then also with some stories, new information comes about, like with the Emmett Till, right? You know, I don't, that's probably something a lot of people didn't either know or didn't like even just like kind of put together like there probably were other people yeah. down there too right um and that's important to know right yeah how about you <laughs> <laughs> like why I should we know. why should we celebrate it and continue yeah. to celebrate? um just like what you said i couldn't have said it really any better but i mean just to kind of continue that legacy and like know where we're from like pass down to our kids and like tell teach them history and like have them be just as proud as we are and people before us um and just know how like great we are as a people um, mm -hmm. how talented and just like smart educated like funny there's so many great qualities and i think it's important to highlight those and not mm -hmm. like the negative ones or like the stereotypes that we see that they people think we are even though we're yeah. not yeah yeah I love that you said that, like how talented we are. I love to look at the list of like the inventions. Mm -hmm. You ever see those lists? Yeah. Like all the things that we invented. I'm like, y'all can do this without. <laughs> yeah. Even when I see like, for example, people, like white people just in the neighborhood, like riding a bike on like one wheel or like doing flips. I'm like, have you seen like the ones where they do like the flips on the subway train in New York? When it's like, uh -uh. yes, people, they perform on the subway train. They do flips and, like, gymnastics news. I'm like, we could be in the Olympics for real, right? These people who are just, like, average people just kind of, like, living their life. But they have so much talent. Um, It's, like, really cool. Oh, speaking of the Olympics, did you – have you heard about the first I, – uh, I feel like I'm going to mess up her sport, but I don't know the technical name for the sport. But she um, was the first ever black woman um, in skating. But I don't know what type of, but you skate really fast. Oh, my God. But she's actually from Florida. Okay. Um, her last name is Jackson. Um, but, yeah, amazing. I amazing. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. I That's you know, awesome. the culture. Yes. So um, I wish I had stored in memory the actual. um yeah, the actual uh, sport that she, but I know it was skating and um, last name Jackson. So kudos to her. Shout out to her. That's if we awesome. were doing Corky of the day, she definitely could get Corky, it. Corky, yes. Congratulations. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she took home the gold. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, we can be anything we want. Doctors, lawyers, writers, authors. Counselors. Counselors. <laughs> Like, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, anything like architects, like Yay. the world is yours. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great, great way to end. 
do it and just do it proud. Thank you for listening. Yes. See you next time. Bye, Corkies. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating a great therapeutic match. They make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they also offer financial aid. BetterHelp wants you to start living your happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com MHU, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join over the million people who have taken control of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for mental health and court listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com MHU. Hi, Corkies. Hi, Corkies. We are on social media. We have an Instagram page and a Facebook. Our YouTube page is also all the same name. So Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are going to be at Mental Health Uncorked. Our Twitter is MHU, the podcast. And you can hit us up on email, mentalhealthuncorked at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.